I just got my uh, second vaccine recently, and it made me feel like a piece of shit. Yep. Let me yep. tell you what. Uh, but yeah, like... it's exciting, but also terrible. Yeah, well, I mean, today is like the first day. I got it on Wednesday, and today is like the first day I started feeling back to normal, pretty much. Um, wow. Yeah, I was like laid out. Like, I didn't get out of my bed on Jesus. Thursday at all. Oh my god. I think it was because I was, like, uh, beefing up my immune system so much the previous week. Yeah. And then it, like, because if you have the strong reaction, it means, like, your immune system is responding to it. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, so. Now you're all vaxxed up. I'm all vaxxed. I'm all juiced up, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling good. Uh, We were joking that the COVID vaccine just made people, like, ten times stronger the other night at work. (laughs) Hell yeah. Everyone's just going to become, like, invincible and indestructible. Hell yeah. Just have an amazing immune system. Yeah. (laughs) Throwing cars around. Yeah. Welcome to This American Left. My name is Matthew. My name is Hannah. And, and we are siblings. siblings. <laughs> we do that every time and then it's just like terrible. And we have a special guest today. Greetings. Yeah. Greetings. Megan. Her name is Megan. She's a mental health professional. I know her quite well. And we're happy to have her. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. It's an honor. Yeah, welcome. Welcome, Megan. Uh, excited to have you today. So yeah, let's. Uh, what should we talk about? There's a lot of a lot of crazy shit going on, but we're gonna be talking about uh, trans issues on this episode. But I think we have to start with some of the more disturbing news that has come out recently, um, in terms of the police violence that this country constantly experiences. So yeah, police police recently murdered Dante Wright in a brutal public execution and have been utilizing um fascist militants like police state tactics yeah, basically on yeah. people who have been protesting since yeah and I there's saw just some like pretty, national pretty guard and, footage yeah yeah, yeah. So, it's it's eerie yeah it's like um dystopian (laughs) yeah it's terrifying yeah it's definitely like the stuff that um if it when it happens in other countries that the u.s isn't already supporting yeah uh this is something that the u.s would use as like a pretext to like invade another country yeah the kind of shit that we're seeing in the streets with national guard uh units pulling out you know automatic or not automatic but like ar AR-15s and stuff on civilians and saying, you know, get out of your car with a bullhorn and like, I don't know, it's just terrifying. Yeah, I mean, they're essentially threatening people <laughs> and they're like exerting Terrorizing control. People. Yeah. yeah, they're like, yeah. Yeah. we can and do, or we can and will do whatever we want to do to you. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, yeah. it's really upsetting. Nightly curfews is just like an excuse to arrest people and keep people from you know taking issue with obviously continued like racist brutalization of people in our communities so yeah and it's like yeah. we can murder whoever we want yeah and <laughs> you, you guys can't do anything about it and we will mur- continue to murder black people and yeah. you can't do or say anything about it yeah and all of that in the Minneapolis area is going on in the context of the Derek Chauvin trial so it's yeah. just been like high tension and and just like re-traumatizing re-traumatization yeah. yeah yeah to an already just like very wounded place yeah and then we should probably mention also adam toledo yeah, yeah definitely. Thir- 13 year 13 years old killed by the chicago police and i mean i try i i really can't watch those videos usually i get too yeah upset and angry but like it's really clear from the video that he was not holding a gun yeah he had his hands up he was raising yeah. his hands like 
this is kind of one of the things where conservative bootlickers will just say like, oh, they should have followed orders. Like, even though like cops shouldn't kill people like in general, but, but like he was clearly, you know, like had his hands up, like, you know, so it's just so kind of upsetting and just like horrific. But yeah, I mean, this is kind of the, I don't want to have to go on a huge rant, but it's kind of like the extension of kind of the foundation of American policing, which was slave patrols. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of just a continuation of uh, the enforcement of white supremacy and all that. So yeah, yeah, the the police, I I would just say the police can be, cannot be reformed. Well, yeah. Becoming more evident every day. Well, yeah. And they're not actually like, I mean, I saw this post that was like, they're, every time this happens, it's like, they like clamp down on the people protesting and then have these like vague, like promises of reform, but then they don't actually like change anything. So even if they did change something. Yeah. The shit would still happen. Yeah. And I guess, you know, we can kind of transition by just acknowledging that there's other kind of marginalized groups in the u.s and one is like the lgbtq community in particular like trans people who are really kind of demonized and dehumanized to such a great extent that it's like unimaginable mm-hmm. um, but yeah that's i mean we can get into talking about some of the recent legislation or if there's anything else you guys want to talk about yeah and i mean like trans women of color are yeah historically and continually murdered by police, you know, at, at disproportionate rates as yeah. well. So that like specific population is targeted. Um, but yeah, I think we wanted to talk about this because um, it has become clear that trans people are under attack by the U.S. government once again, once again, um, in a new way. Um, so like even in the past couple weeks. Um, on March 25th, um, they signed Senate Bill 354 in Arkansas, which bars trans girls from participating in sports that are consistent with their gender identity. And then on April 6th, um, lawmakers in Arkansas, they set the first bill into law that bans gender-affirming care for transgender minors. So basically, um, like hormone blockers, um, other types of like gender affirming treatments for people who are under the age of 18, 18 to under the age of 21. Oh, so adults who are ages 18 to 20 are affected by this as well. It's just so explicitly a human rights violation that I like can't even really wrap my head around the fact that it's yeah i mean this is yeah this is like comparable to like when you know jim jim crow laws were enforced and like this the second class citizenship of like black americans i think this is kind of similar to to that sort of treatment yeah um yeah and like i think it's something that like people have been aware of for a very long time that there's been a lot of like you know there was like the whole bathroom bill fiasco that was going on in 2016 um but like this is like very serious for like a specific reason and like as people who work in mental health we can see like the mental health effects of transgender people not having access to gender affirming treatments yeah and i think that this I read this really interesting article, you know, that was like, it was never about the bathrooms, of course. Um, But it's like, it's just all about controlling people's bodies specifically. Like it's political warfare um, and politicizing people's bodies. And they're now doing things like at younger and younger ages because it's easier to control people the Mm -hmm. younger that they are. So Mm -hmm. now not only are they like, trying to basically gain control over all trans people. They're starting like as young as they can. So they're getting into the schools Mm -hmm. and they're violating their bodies and their rights within school. So then they're learning from a very young age 
that who they are isn't okay and that they aren't going to be able to get the support and the care that they need because of their gender identity and how it contrasts to their biological sex. And so, like, they're going into school, they're saying they can't participate in sports that align with their gender identity. Um, there's a new a new bill that is proposed um, in... Um, I think, I don't remember, was it Tennessee? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, North Carolina, um, which was, it's called the Youth Health Protection Act, and it is designed Ooh, that for, sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. And it, <laughs> I mean, it sounds good, but... Um, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It would require all government agents, which includes, like, anyone who works at a school, um, to, like, report a child's gender dysphoria, gender nonconformity, or, like, sexuality, if it's anywhere on the LGBTQ spectrum, to their families. Basically, like, a mandated reporter system for LGBTQ kids. And so just, like, forcing professionals to out these children who are then potentially going to be left, you know, abused. Yeah, um, homeless. Yeah, like just shunned by their families essentially we know that that stuff happens to trans kids and that's why it's important to protect their you know to respect and protect their identity and who they're out to and make sure that they're in a safe situation if they are to come out so like something like that is just totally like it's a death sentence it is and you know it's probably that on purpose it is so yeah it's it's disturbing it's either outing someone and they're you know it's going to deteriorate their mental health to the point where they attempt or complete suicide yeah or it's like hey guys and it just puts a bigger target on their back to be murdered like it is actually a death sentence yeah and or they get kicked out of their house and they have nowhere to stay and you know everything it's just all yeah it's uprooting their entire like system intentionally to take away any power that they still have yeah and I think what's you know the more that we've looked into this the more it's clear that this is these are you know two of many bills that have been proposed across the country um these are just ones that are actually being like um you know actually like turned into laws and the one that 21 states yeah the one that the one in Arkansas is the first bill of its kind to be to become a law, which is like really scary, but you know, the truth is that these bills are being like there's a huge wave of the bills being proposed across the country in different states. And so yeah, it's, it's, only the beginning. it's just scary to think about like we obviously like, you know, I don't know. It's it, it doesn't take a mental health professional to see how this could hurt someone's mental health yeah i mean it's just yeah very clear Definitely. and i don't know how anyone like passing these bills like you said it's like political warfare it's like the point is not to like protect anyone it's to yeah it's like state terror against yeah. the trans community yeah. well and i think that it's so explicitly is you know a subtle a more subtle form of domestic terrorism in the sense that they like are trying to disenfranchise an already vulnerable group and they like and there's two parts of it that i think are like that make this particularly interesting um compared to like i don't know i guess maybe not compared to anything but part of it is that all like science professionals Mm -hmm. like medical science is like that's inaccurate this is not what we should be doing if anything we should be increasing access for kids um, with like who are experiencing gender identity crises and like they're doing the exact opposite of that and like removing access to that against medical advice, which um, just goes to show that it's all about power and it's not about like helping anybody. And two, they did a poll and by and large, like American citizens disagreed with the anti-transgender laws so they're not even doing it for like the masses it's not something that most people want yeah so there's just like it's pretty undeniably which is actually this is kind of an aside but that's a common theme in 
in the U.S. is yeah, uh, totally. laws that are not supported by the people. Yeah. There's actual studies on the yeah. lack of correlation between government policy and public opinion. But yeah, anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's just... So that, coupled with the current events that have been going on with the murders, like... It's just, it's scary times. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's no surprise that people don't yeah. feel safe yeah. being who they are in this country unless you're, you know, in a very already privileged place. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I think it's hard for people to really acknowledge that because the reality of it is that it's fucking terrifying to think that just being who you are, you know, is being criminalized and you're given a death sentence or you're gonna yeah it's just like I think that's an important thing like that I and I think both of us have always felt in like mental health is like yeah sure you can help people process things and like work on coping skills and things like that but when you're living in an environment like this like there's other things that gotta change like yeah it makes sense to be feeling scared and like traumatized yeah well and it's hard for people who are constantly being re-traumatized and devalued and dehumanized to have hope and to see that anything can be different and to feel like they're yeah that they live in a safe place and they're able to live the life that they you know yeah want to live deserve to live like yeah. it's it's heartbreaking. And so, yeah, by, like, targeting younger and younger populations, like, it's just kind of feeding into that at an earlier and earlier age and just, like, exacerbating mental health. Yeah, like, we know we know that transgender people in general, like, experience more sort of, like, higher rates of, like, anxiety, depression, and, like suicidality just because of the society they live in and then when there's Mm -hmm. you know a situation like this where it's like those are the things that are reducing people's symptoms is getting that gender affirming care so then to have that taken away and all of these other things places them at even higher risk of experiencing like more extreme mental health issues yeah yeah as it stands, like, one in three transgender youth report attempting suicide at least once. That is so many. <laughs> like, that is a disturbing statistic. And it's only going to get worse. Yeah, so as I was doing my research, I discovered that the... Alliance Defending Freedom organization has ghostwritten most Sounds of conservative, these. Sounds conservative, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, has ghostwritten most of these bills, and so they are. They like have had hands for almost thirty years in restricting birth control access, all kinds of reproductive rights. In addition to that, gay equality, um, and just like prohibiting same-sex intimacy, marriage adoption, all kinds of things like that. Um, They also um, have like tried to push forward legislation to require transgender people to undergo sterilization before legally changing their gender. Um, So it's just a, it's just a a hate group that is pushing a religious and politicized agenda. And so they are behind pretty much all of these laws and they write them and they just like slightly change them um, to make it more, you know, passable or appealing. And it's just pretty disturbing. They just get all of this. um, It's a nonprofit organization. So they just get huge like donations from people whose agendas they're willing to push. And then they... Yeah, it's not surprising. Yeah, it's not surprising at all. And yeah. 
Lobbying. Yeah, lobbying. Yep, that's, you know, the old capitalist government we have where it's controlled by money. Yeah, and it was actually the ADF whose, like, I guess idea it was to start um, kind of taking control of kids in the public schools. So, like, they see it as an opportunity, like, having direct control of students, their bodies, mo like, most of the day, much of the week, and they just enforce their, like, agendas and scripts on these, like, children, and, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, and then another thing that we forgot to mention with the, the um, Arkansas bill, I think, is that it is intended to criminalize oh my god yeah providers who still attempt to provide services to transgender youth that would be like gender affirming care yeah so like if you were a medical practitioner of any kind and you still like gave um gender affirming treatments or care to these kids you could lose your medical license mm -hmm. you could go to prison mm -hmm. um Wow. Yeah. So it's like the opposite. It's like the opposite of freedom, almost. <laughs> yeah, almost. You could say that. You could, Fancy you that, could right? say that. <laughs> you could say that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, it's not a good situation. No, it's it's really scary. Um, it makes me just think about like the adolescents I've worked with and. You know, I've worked with so many trans and non-binary kids whose, you know, external situation is what's creating this, like, or contributes, I guess, more so to their dysphoria. Like, it certainly yeah. is, like, a, um, it is an internal experience as well, but it's, like, when you, the people around you, the state around you yeah. tells you that you're not worthy and that you know essentially that you deserve to die like you're gonna yeah. start to believe that too yeah and like fucking think about the children for once Dude, everybody seriously. like yeah especially conservatives who always talk about pro-life and shit the importance of yeah family yeah. And, and all that yeah it's like you're, you're destroying families here yeah I mean, like, we've talked about this, like, quite a lot, but, like, I think more specifically we can talk about kind of the experience transgender youth face, um, and that is often that they experience housing, school, and workplace discrimination, as mm -hmm. well as familial rejection, social degradation, harassment, violence, um, and even homicide. You know, those things are pretty well documented across various studies and also just, you know, the lived experience of these kids. Um, you know, and obviously because of that, as we mentioned, higher rates of depression, suicidality, um, and then things like bullying, mm -hmm. um, compared to cisgender kids. Yeah. Um, and all of these things are basically just, um, extremely disproportionate rates, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And clearly a result of the way that society treats these kids, um, and I think, you know, for that reason, a lot of transgender kids are going to be seeking mental health treatment and are going to be seeking, you know, sort of crisis mental health treatment. Um, but then, you know, within that, there's like a whole other issue of them distrusting the systems that they're seeking care from. Yeah, for good reason. I mean, right. I, you know, there's so many examples, whether it's, you know, using someone's Exclusively referring to them by their biological sex, whatever that even fucking means. And they're assigned sex. Assigned sex, yeah. There you go. And um you know, not using their pronouns, not using their names, not I mean, and these bills are essentially like removing access to the like very minimal medical treatment that would be beneficial for them. Mm -hmm. So it's not only yeah. like they already have a distrust of a system that hasn't supported them in that those resources have been very difficult to get, but now it's like 
going to be damn near impossible. Yeah. So it's just, like, furthering the divide and just, like, increasing that level of distrust. And so, like, and even, that could even come back down to, like, a more basic, not basic, but, like, a different type of, like, medical problem. Like, you know, if someone doesn't trust yeah, going to the doctor, exactly. they're not going to seek right. out medical care for other things because of the way that they've been treating. They're much less likely to seek out Right, yeah, yeah. Care. It's not just, like, they're they're nervous to, to get care related to their gender identity. It's, yeah, it's like, all... anything. It's, like, if I go to a doctor, are they going to see me for who I am and take my concerns seriously and you know, can I talk about my body and can they talk about my body in a way that is respectful to me mm-hmm. and isn't, you know, triggering and things like that. And I think that it's just also indicative of like, it's not prioritized, you know, like, yeah. I feel like education around the, the trans experience is readily available. Yeah. It's something that all, you know, healthcare professionals of any kind should at least be somewhat versed in, if not, like, very well versed in, and yet it's just, like, nobody... Yeah, it's not seen as... organizations and systems don't think it's important, so then it just gets missed. Yeah, and... Yeah, it's just, like, pretty mind-blowing because you know, using people's, essentially affirming people for who they are is suicide prevention. And yet it's mm-hmm. been, been like, oh, these pronouns thing. It's like this newfangled, like, you know, the new, the millennials or the like Gen Zers or whatever. And it's like, yeah. how about people- And that's not even yeah. just like conservatives saying that. That's no. like actual mental health workers. Yeah. yeah. And organizations. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a... It's a- it's systematic oppression. Yeah. I read this quote in one of the articles I was reading earlier that said, people think you can just discipline identity out of someone, and that's not true, and in many ways is torture. That just hit me. It's like the the deconversion of, of gay people that Christians tried to do and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, like people are just going to be who they are. Like you can't... Uh, yeah, like it, obviously people have tried, like, you know sick and it's sad how many people talk about like trying to pray literally pray the gay away you know or obviously you know just be like oh well i'm not actually trans like i'm yeah i'm not this person i can't be this person and not it makes people suicidal like you know yeah yeah totally so and like these hormone blockers like they've already so say you've got like a trans youth and they've already you know recognized their gender identity then they're starting to go through puberty yeah. And their body is changing away that makes them feel unsafe and even more dysphoric. And they're like trapped in this thing that doesn't feel like themselves. And now these laws are like, yep, we're going to force you to do this thing and live in your own like personal hell. Because yeah. it's changing and we're not going to let you well, yeah. do anything to yeah. try to stop it. And I would say most, if not all of the times these people aren't trans. Yeah. And if they were, they yeah, wouldn't totally propose something like yeah. this. Because How many they trans people know... do these lawmakers know? Yeah. How many oh, trans yeah. people I do mean, these lawmakers love and care about? And, you know, I just don't even think, yeah, I mean, I personally don't even think that people who are not trans should be able to make legislation right. that Absolutely. affects trans people right. or any other demographic whether it's like women or uh, people of color whatever the case is but yeah exactly yeah like i remember somewhat recently there was a big like reproductive rights conversation and it was like a table full of like old white men who were like making all the decisions and that's exactly right like people who don't actually have any concept of what the experience is like are making all these decisions and leading people to death essentially yeah and you know what the diversity what? of human experience is what makes us beautiful yeah it's so amazing. i don't understand people's problem with it 
gender is expansive and it's, it's amazing yeah. and everyone has a unique experience of it even if they are like cis totally so like yeah it's just doesn't make sense yeah i mean no two people's gender is the same like everybody has their own because it's like your own and how about we believe being. kids when they tell us who they are yeah yeah fucking a yeah that's kids a concept are, yeah kids are very honest yeah, kids general. are exactly, and kids, and they just want to be seen and, and loved. They want to be seen and loved, and they they're so impressionable, and like to be not believed all the time. Yeah, to have everyone be like, "Oh, you think that's the case? Well, you're too young to understand. Maybe when you're older, we'll give you some agency over your own like body and life." And it's like. What that does to someone psychologically. Yeah, I think the combination of um, not only are kids seen as, like, you know, not old enough to make their own decisions. Like, kids are smart. Yeah. You know, they know what's going on. If they're telling you something is happening, it's happening. (laughs) Like, within their, you know, if they have a thought, an idea, whatever, like... And we need to listen to that. And we don't do that. It's just like, and honestly, I think it can even come down if you look at like a family system, like parents do it to their kids all the time mm-hmm. because it's a weird thing where you start to feel yourself relinquishing power and over someone. Yeah. So when you're raising a kid whose ideas start to shift from yours, you do everything in your power to like fight against it. Yeah. And it's fucked. Not from personal experience. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't know what that's about, but it's. I just think that like kids are so disenfranchised, and they know so much more about the world than we give them credit for. Yeah, and like, yeah. there's so many people on this world that are kids. Yeah, so many kids. Kids are people too. Yeah, and kids like. People aren't born with hate, you know? Like, kids learn that shit. Yeah. So exactly, yeah. we work with kids, and whenever I hear, you know, uh, like, racist or just otherwise discriminatory or insensitive comment from a kid, I'm like, that didn't come from you. Like, you heard that somewhere, and now these ideals are being, like, put into your head. So we need to start doing the opposite of that yeah. and put like, you know, like empowering these kids and teaching them empathy, teaching them empathy and teaching them to trust themselves. Yeah. Like we, I think so many kids would be different today if they, or so many adults would be different today if when they were children, they had been able to trust themselves and trust what was happening in their environment and their perception of reality was in fact like their own yeah definitely when you mentioned empathy it's just interesting because empathy is like an innate characteristic of human Mm -hmm. beings and uh, and other species as well but it's just so crazy to think of how how much the sort of indoctrination of different forms of bigotry can can lead to like almost like the deterioration of that empathy Mm -hmm. and like i don't know it's just really shocking seeing it happen like in real time like especially with these some of these uh pieces of legislation that you guys are talking about yeah it's but yeah just how that affects children even like how it makes people kind of dehumanize themselves like yeah exactly lens sir i wanted to bring in this essay by a trans woman by the name of allison escalante 
Um, she is a Marxist and she is a co-host on the podcast Red Menace. Shout out Brett O'Shea. Yeah, Brett, Brett O'Shea, our, our good friend and comrade, he's the other co-host on that podcast. So check out Red Menace. Um, so Allison kind of, she has written some good essays that I've read, um, but this one is like Marxism and Transliberation. And she kind of starts out talking about kind of like what it's like to be trans under kind of a privatized healthcare system. Mm-hmm. You know, like a mm. ca- capitalist, um, the commodification of healthcare and other human needs, as we often talk about. Yeah. So she talks about how her insurance, um, like at some points, it would cover a lot of her um, hormones and stuff. And then at one point, she had to pay over $100 for hor- hormones. And it's very just like an unstable, yeah. kind of per- precarious situation. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks about how hormones are life-saving treatment for many yep, trans yep. people, and she mentions a lot of these statistics, like uh, 19% of trans people report being refused treatment for um, medical providers, and then there's you know the more systemic issues that trans people face, like we were talking about disproportionate levels of, of different forms of discrimination, and one of them is employment. So... She mentions 75% of trans people report employment discrimination. So she does a really good job of articulating kind of how this ties into the larger capitalist system. And she says, like, under capitalism, workers sell their labor on the market and are paid a wage, which represents a small amount of the value they produced. The rest of that value is taken by bosses and owners, which is the capitalist class. Yeah, laborers are kept in a constant state of precarity where joblessness is a constant motivating threat. So I think she makes really good points about, you know, employment, labor, under capitalism, but particularly that intersectionality of, like, how it affects trans people. Yeah. Um, as well as, of course, how healthcare is tied to employment. So transgender people are discriminated against in terms of employment and healthcare in our country is attached to employment. So if you don't, oh have, my god, yeah, if you don't have like a job that yep. provides you with like the benefits available, and to not have like a pre- precarious situation, you have less of a chance of having access to your life saving, gender affirming care. Yup. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I was just like interpreting oh, no, that that's... for myself. I was like, oh, no, that's all good. Yeah. Yeah, feel free to jump in because I, I have all this stuff and I'm not going to read through all of it. But uh, as like I was telling you guys, um, the whole essay is like really amazing and like mm-hmm. illum- illuminating on this topic. So obviously yeah. we'll like l- link to it. But I yeah, I guess I want to hit a few more things, a few more points from it. So yeah, she's kind of just um, really talking about how um, like transphobia and like discrimination against trans people is kind of like an inherent aspect of capitalism as with um, other forms of bigotry as I know we've talked about um, this is kind of kind of an aside but you know racism is is another form of bigotry that's used to divide yep, the working class the working like class. divide and conquer strategy by the by the ruling capitalist class um, that kind of divides workers up and it prevents solidarity to work against, you know, the true enemies, which are the capitalists, as I would say. But I do want to, like, just read a few more things. So she says, A Marxist analysis of the social and economic forces which produce anti-trans social violence concretely demonstrates that the discrimination of trans women uh, is inseparable from capitalist economies. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of just want to read this this one paragraph that I think summarizes this really well. If social democracy and liberal, liberal solutions fail, we are left with only one option, communist struggle. Only communism offers a theory of revolutionary struggle against the material conditions that produce trans social marginalization. Yeah. Only communism can undo the economic forces that invariably lead to discrimination. The only way forward for trans liberation is to collectively struggle as workers 
to do away with the entirety of the capitalist system. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's some there's so many really good points in this essay. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of an overview. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, what we talk about a lot, where it's like, you can't really like reform a system into not being what it yeah. inherently is. So like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and this kind of almost goes back to the point about police yeah. violence and how like, it's systemic. And it's also what the entire society was yeah. was built on originally yeah and it's 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 so it's, i mean it's very purposeful yeah. so like it's not like oh shit whoops we've been oppressing yeah. trans people or we've been you know the police have been murdering black people on accident it's not a fucking accident like it's all purposeful and it, it serves a specific way of upholding capitalism and other structures in our society yeah absolutely I do just want to mention this one concrete example of kind of trans uh, trans rights, trans liberation, things like that um, within a socialist context. So in Cuba, there's this, uh, I found this academic paper from Health and Human Rights Journal. Um, it talks about in 2008, uh, Cuba instituted a policy, a resolution that completely covers uh, gender confirmation surgeries. Wow, for, that's expensive yeah. as hell. I mean, Yeah, it, for trans it, people. It shouldn't be, but yeah. Yeah, it, it is under like capitalism, yeah. 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 But, uh, um, that's crazy. So, yeah, that's so yeah, yeah, so this is like, um, you know, the first, is a very monumental kind of accomplishment. It was the first policy of this kind in the Americas, like, you know, North, South, Central America. This paper, it says Cuba is celebrated as having one of the most open and inclusive LGBTQ public health and education programs in the Americas. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Um, yeah, it's all it's all connected. It's kind of we, we always tie this back in our in our podcast to like, I, I, I try to do some of the communist propaganda of like, <laughs> you know, this is some of the progress that has yeah. been made made by socialist countries or whatever the case is yeah i think that like a lot of people have the like oh well it can't be done mm -hmm. this is the right. way it is like mentality and it's just we have like living breathing proof that yeah. it can be done and people thrive when it is done yeah and that we yes. can that we can imagine a better world and that better worlds are being created and it's possible yeah definitely possible definitely worth struggling for also, in the meantime, we will also provide links to various resources for, um, like, medical professionals to just, like, learn more and be better, and then resources for, like, kids and families themselves who may be going through gender questions, gender mm -hmm. identity, transitions of any kind. Um, so I think it's, like, me and Matt, we talk about a lot, like, this kind of parallel process of having the long-term struggle while also you know providing that you know ongoing in the moment help yeah and absolutely to people who are struggling yeah and yeah i always think of like uh the, the black panther party like how they would say um survival programs you know but yeah folks solidarity do push-ups drink water so, so hug a trans, trans community hug a well, hug no yeah if they want with, with their consent yeah. <laughs> offer oh to hug God. a trans kid offer to support them in any way that they yeah. want to be supported high fives call them the name that they have call want. them by their name yeah. <laughs> like... the names proper pronouns you know yeah call Just them don't... their name don't be an asshole is yeah. Like, yeah generally i feel almost... like most of like a lot of this stuff could be summed up with just don't be a dick yeah, <laughs> like, yeah don't be a dick about, or just, an asshole yeah like it's don't like, be any, like, any private part right? yeah let's let's yeah. <laughs> don't be a genital the point is folks if you don't understand something how about you use your empathy skills and your mirror neurons to consider what that experience might be like and then but but like in all seriousness like when you find yourself faced with fear of any kind educate yourself yeah any sort of misunderstanding 
seek try to, to learn, seek to understand, seek to understand. Yeah. try to learn more, and we'll all be better for it. Yeah, you want to take like a multi-pronged approach. Like you want to reflect on your own experience, how it's different from their experience. You want to learn about it intellectually, and you want to emotionally and spiritually extend your empathy towards that person and wanting to better their situation because if anyone is not liberated we're all not liberated watched fargo season one dude the, the show is so fucking good i was like what so good there is a scene in that show that i will never forget as long as i live i had to pause it and like walk away because of how shaken up i was and in season one yeah what um, is it or well, maybe we yeah. can, you can no, that's right. no i've already told you about it it, it's the scene where <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy, um, and it's always sunny. I can't remember his name on the show. Is, oh, yeah. Dennis, I think. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I can't remember his name on Fargo. Oh, yeah. But me neither. When he is, <laughs> yeah, he's just Dennis. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just call people the, I call the other guy Bilbo. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, but no, when he is like duct taped to that oh, yeah. thing and he's struggling yep. to get out and then that the gun's firing. Horrifying. It's one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, that movie was, or that, that movie, that show. Yeah. It was like yeah. just so captivating that I was like, yeah, yeah I, wa- very, I watched, very I think I watched the whole season in like three, three days or maybe two yeah, days. I, I could remember, but... definitely see that. Yeah. I didn't finish season two. I'm not sure why. But. Yeah, season two, it reminded me of how, like, if you've ever seen True, uh, True Detective, it's like um, the first season was, like, phenomenal, and then the second season was like, eh, this is definitely a show. <laughs> yeah. Like, eh, <laughs> yeah. Take it or leave it. Yeah, I, I watched, like, two episodes of season two, and then I was like, I'm going to go uh, do something else. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch Breaking Bad? I oh yeah, I watched, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I watched the, all of that. Yeah. Todd <laughs> from Breaking Bad is the like main dude in Fargo season two, and I just can't look at him the same. Oh, like I'm yeah. just like you sketch me out, you creep me out. You're a you're a creep, and I can't I can't watch. Yeah, there's like a scene with him like where he's just in his underwear. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, <"Ugh." laughs> I'm like Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. <laughs> Not the not the body shaving, but no, you know. not just it's not even that. It's just he's just yeah. like, he's plays like a somewhat creepy dude in everything I've ever seen him in. Yeah, but I guess he's doing his job face. well then. If yeah. you ever hear this, whoever you are, sorry, sorry about <laughs> yeah. thinking you're creepy. I wonder what the casting call is like. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. We're looking for a uh, kind of a creepy dude. <laughs> yeah, someone who violently confuses you. Yeah. Yeah. unsettling character yeah <laughs> yeah and then they, his agent calls him immediately <laughs> oh my god oh, anyway yeah he's in like everything somehow yeah yeah every every time i watch something like that i think he's probably it. the definition of a character actor oh yeah for sure wait who is it um he's i don't know like a... that's why he's a character actor because i don't know his name oh um yeah i don't know his name either <laughs> yeah you just All right. he gets lost in the role yeah um, he's the guy that's in that movie that um, where his mom dies, and I was like, they had to make him gay because otherwise his relationship with his mom would have been. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like the best part of the podcast. You're just like, oh, <laughs> no, I'm fucking. <laughs>
click. It just clicked. Oh, yeah, that happens to me a lot. That should just um, be the intro. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> oh! the music. We were, before you got on the call, we were pretending to make noises into the microphone, and we were like, whoa, we're getting some feedback. Wow! <laughs> There you go. This is good intro material too. Yeah. yeah. Um, intro oh, wait, at the we're end. Gonna... What? Oh, we're gonna play. What? Intro Sorry. at the end. Um, that should yeah. be the well, name. Yeah. Two quick plugs. The show Insecure. So good. Insecure. Oh, oh my god, you guys. Fucking. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just joking. Oh my god, god, that's horrifying. The show, the show Pose, dude. Obviously, yes, we have and to talk the about trailer Pose. for the new and uh, Euphoria. Yeah, Euphoria and Pose both, both have trans actual trans women yeah. playing trans real, women. Yeah, real live trans people, folks. Yeah, but <laughs> but seriously, and they both are incredible. Incredible. All right, Pose. all right, all right, and that's all I've got. What what are we gonna? Uh, We're gonna say, oh, do you have to plug your Patreon? Sorry. Oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, this I'm gonna do a lot of editing, so it's just gonna be all over the place. But, <laughs> um, yeah, folks, if you want to check out our Patreon, it is Patreon.com/slash This American Left. Okay, I got that out of the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we appreciate your continuous support. We do apologize that it's been a while. Um, but we're trying to get more content out. There's just been a lot going on, and we love you guys. And, and we really thank our guests, Megan, yep. for participating and doing all this research. And we're, we're happy to have her, and we're happy to have her in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, folks, um, you know, do your push-ups, read theory, get involved in mutual aid. Drink water, go to therapy. Consider, consider buying a gun. Is, uh, you know, it's different for everybody, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Arm the arm the proletariat. Yeah, uh, yeah, com yeah. Various communist slogans that I always say, but uh, sleep hygiene. Seize the means of production. <laughs> Just yelling yeah. things. <laughs> Take your Tough meds. Yeah. Okay. I'm, here, I'm here all night, folks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah, man. And then last thing sleep we we always say is like, and if you don't want to listen, then stop fucking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I had always says. Probably use that. Just yeah, yelling at people, but it's true. <laughs> You don't like it. Um, you get the fuck out. Why are you here? Huh? <laughs> Nobody you, made you come. Yeah, you fucking libs. All right, sorry. Start, start harassing them. All right, we should probably end it while we're ahead. All right. One, All right, two, yeah, thanks, three. Megan. All right, click. <laughs>